What's going on, podcast subscribers, listeners, investors, traders? Welcome again to the official GAR Capital podcast. I'm your host, Carlos Garcia. I'm the founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Welcome again for episode four of our podcast. We're going to talk market news today. Well, basically market news for the week. And we're going to preview the, the market coming up. Uh, this coming up, this actually shortened week due to the Martin Luther King holiday and a well-deserved holiday for one of the great American heroes and patriots, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, deserves his day, absolutely, for bringing equality to the United States, which actually was only a couple of decades ago. So again, the observance of this holiday is very special and the markets being closed is due to that. So that being said, let's go ahead and get started, guys. I'm glad to be back. I was actually out sick a couple of days. As you know, not much morning notes, not much analysis other than our GAR cap talks, which everyone's actually liked. Uh, answered questions on Instagram as we got them in. Just make sure next time, guys, to put your hashtags in, hashtag GAR cap talk, and I can answer all those questions that you like. So that being said, let's go ahead and get started and talk about the markets. Well, there's one thing I've said about these, this market since about last year, since we've actually opened up our uh, Instagram page to more and more followers. Uh, we started the company back in 2014, uh, just me on my own. Uh, I started in my two-bedroom apartment in Miami, Florida, and uh, I just started Instagram on my personal account not knowing that it was going to grow to where it is now. So the more I would actually trade, the more I would post information, the more everyone got interested in listening to my opinion or what have you, my take on things. Um, I've been personally, I'm going to give you a little background about myself. As you know, guys, I've been, I've been trading now, day trading for about since 2014 uh, as a business. And I've been in the investment world. Well, I owned my own first stock when I was 18 years old. And my first stock that I ever owned at 18 years old was actually McDonald's. That was the first stock I ever bought. <laughs> and uh, I actually sold it a <laughs> year later. I made some money, but honestly, I didn't make much because I only bought, what, four shares at the time? I was, I was a pretty broke kid. Um, I remember buying it online on an E-Trade account which I probably don't have anymore. <laughs> so uh, again, it's just one of those things that you learn as you go. Everything has to be scaled, guys. That's my point. Uh, now I have more than one stock, obviously. I have portfolios in different banks and institutions. Uh, you all, we all start somewhere, guys. So just keep that in mind. Uh, my point is that uh, I've seen different markets. You know, I'm actually 32 years old. Uh, so again, the 87 crash, I was only two years old at that time. Uh, the 90s dot-com bubble, I was around 14, 13 at the time in middle school. I remember reading about it. I remember a friend of mine built my first website, uh, which was actually a web page using GeoCities. So again, GeoCities, I'm going to age myself here. GeoCities was actually bought out by Yahoo uh, back then. And GeoCities was basically the uh, Squarespace of its time where you just made websites. Uh, that's where how everything grew. The money came in to the dot-com boom. Uh, that's where we had that bull market. And then fast forward to 2007, 2008, the market meltdown. And but right after 2000, uh, right after the, the um, 
the bubble exploded and popped in 99. Uh, we had 2000 and 2001 recession. 2002 to 2008 was a pretty strong growth period in the United States for the stock market. It soared pretty nicely. Uh, the housing boom, mortgage boom, what have you. Everyone had money, but again, a lot of it was leveraged, meaning there's a lot of debt. That popped as well. I'm pretty sure you've seen the big short. I'm pretty sure you've read all about it. If you're an investor now or you've been a trader, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, we all went through that financial meltdown. Uh, the financial meltdown, I would probably say, ended around 2012. We're actually stabilized. Uh, 2012 now to 2017, we probably had, I'll actually say it ended in 2009. So let's say we had eight years of economic growth and economic boom, let's just say, in the stock market. I think at the lowest point in uh, the stock market uh, for the Dow Jones, I think we were at 8,000. We are now at 25,803. Uh, we've more than tripled <laughs> that number. So if you bought in that major dip, you're making out like a bandit just if you just bought uh, indexes, the Dow Jones index, which is absolutely insane. Just want to give that context because, guys, remember, everything works in cycles. Yes, we are in a bull market now. I'm no doubt about it. But it's going to end somehow, some way. And you don't need to be a financial expert to say that it's going to end. Uh, so if you hear any financial guru that's telling you, oh, it's going to end, yeah, tell them what time the sun's going to set and tell them what, where, where's the sun going to rise. He should tell you the east because that's exactly what's going to happen. Duh. So again, um, we know it's going to end. But my question is, guys, do you want to take advantage or do you want to be reactive? There's a difference between proactive and reactive. We are proactive. We are riding the wave. That's all. If you're reactive, you're basically just saying, uh, you're basically saying, oh, if it comes, it comes. I'll just wait till then. You're reacting. We're being proactive. We're riding the wave. We're saying, you know what? This is what we. This is what's going on now. We're just going to ride the wave now, and we're just going to see how it goes until then. So we just have to keep it going, keep it moving. So when you have, when you see the markets move almost at an unprecedented rate, I mean, it's almost crazy that nothing could stop this market. Uh, we have a president, Donald Trump. That's basically saying all the wrong things at all the wrong times. Uh, we're the brink of nuclear war, according to most media sources, and North Korea this, and, and the wall that, and racist that, and Russia this, and and uh, you know whatever you name your your name your issues, uh, anything, and it it hasn't made a dent in the market. No matter what's happened, it's just the markets all around the world are actually at all time highs. So we could say bubble till today, till tomorrow, but we're just going to ride the wave, guys. I've been saying it before. The three letters I've been saying are BTD, buy the dip. Every time it comes in, buy the dip, and it's worked. I mean, we could only ride this for so long, obviously, but again, this is what I'm telling you guys. We've been trading this market now on our fund for about a year, and uh, our actual hedge fund is up 31% for the year, 31%, 31.7%. We actually got cute on the third quarter and thought we could sh we could buy the VIX, the volatility index, thinking that, oh, with North Korea or something going on, Trump is going to do something stupid. That's what we thought. We became reactive. We kept listening to the media. Be careful with the media, guys. And we, lo we lost some money in the third quarter. It was actually very, very ugly. And then we decided, you know what? Why are we predicting the worst? Why are we predicting the worst, guys? You know, instead of predicting, stop predicting. I've, I've said it before to our clients. I've said it to Instagram followers. Predictions are for weathermen. Forget, forget predicting anything. 
All right, you see what's in front of you, trade what's in front of you. Bottom line, trade the chart in front of you, trade the news in front of you. When there's an upgrade in, the, in a stock, more likely it's going to go up. If they beat estimates, more likely it's going to go up. So ride the wave. I'm not saying put the whole house in the market. No, what I'm saying is that understandably so, that things are moving to the uptick. Whether you like it or not, whether you're Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. And not to be political, but this is just what it is. This is a strong market, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. I don't care who you are. You cannot fight these numbers. Numbers don't lie. And the numbers are saying Dow Jones are up 25,803. And just this week alone, in five days, we made 2% in the Dow Jones. These blue chip stocks, the stock market is still the king for economic growth. Now, again, some people will tell me, oh, crypto's made 3,000. Okay, that's fine. But I'm talking about year in, year out, year in, year out, decade over decade, the stock market has made money. The cryptocurrency is still relatively new in the American economic system. What, a couple years old, if anything. Stocks have been around forever almost uh, since the turn of the, uh, the, the, the starting of the country. So again, um, you, you got to see things for what they are. Instead of predicting doom and gloom, I'm going to say here, I'm not saying everything's going to last forever. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, guys, the music is playing. Keep dancing. Keep making money. Keep making money. And when we start seeing some cracks, when we start seeing some little downturns, major downturns, we will let you know. We'll definitely play defense accordingly. And we'll work our way then. Now, you're probably asking yourself, Carlos, how the heck do I play defense? Well, there's a couple, a couple of ways you could do it. There's three ways, I would say, to play defense on any kind of market, especially if a bear market here. Three. Number one would be dividends, cash dividends. You want companies that are going to pay you for owning their stock. Again, I've been saying I'm a dividend whore. I love dividends. I want to get paid for owning. It's like saying getting paid rent for owning the stock. It's a big, big thing to me. I love it. So that's number one. Number two would be utilities. Utilities are like bonds, but stocks, they're like bonds. So again, these are cash-heavy companies. These are companies that pay good dividends, and they're relatively stable and bad economies. Again, they give zero growth because they can't really invest in anything. It's very regulated when it comes to utilities. So again, the government-regulated stuff, they're not going to grow as much. They just return all their value to the shareholder. So it's not like they're going to accumulate anything. And number three would, of course, be bonds. So treasury bonds, government bonds, those kind of bonds are going to hold value because people want relative safety. Now, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to tell me, what about gold? What about gold? What about gold? Okay, fine. If you want to put some money away in gold, that's just going to hedge inflation. But here's the thing. When you have economic downturn, you actually get deflation. You don't get as much inflation. So again, gold is fine in a term of relativity in regards to, oh, it's going to go, you know, gold is more the safe haven. I think people are trying to turn that away. And it's pretty funny. Goldman Sachs actually said, reported that Bitcoin is turning into the safe haven, which is actually pretty interesting. But we'll get to that another time. But that's a little deeper conversation. Uh, for more information on crypto, check out our crypto, our last uh, episode podcast on cryptocurrency. It gets, we get a little deep on cryptocurrency and the mindset regarding it. So that's my two cents when it comes to this bull market, guys. The three letters is buy the dip at the end of the day. I mean, granted, probably the only thing that would actually scare me would be an actual nuclear launch against North Korea, a nuclear launch of North Korea on Japan or the United States that would actually stop this market. I mean, I don't know what could stop it. Now, here's the factors. I want to explain to you the factors that are coming here 
that is bringing this market up. There's three factors, and I want you guys to write this down or to actually think about these things. Number one is corporate earnings. These corporations, the S&P 500 corporations, are making money. We're not based, again, the comparison to the dot-com boom. The dot-com boom or a dot-com bubble, whatever you want to call it, these companies like Excite and uh, Lycos and uh, name your search engine. I remember Lycos, AltaVista, uh, Excite, Prodigy. I remember all those companies. They were highly valued. Valuations were called. Basically, their stock price against how many shares outstanding was their market cap valuation was just too high according to what the market would pay. Right. Okay, these companies didn't make the money to earn the valuation. Okay, if I name you some companies, these guys are making the valuations. They're making the money. For example, Boeing is killing it. Okay, Caterpillar, Amazon, American Express, um, uh, Home Depot. Uh, give me another one. Um, Apple, of course, Apple beating. Uh, JP Morgan Chase just reported beating. McDonald's just beating. Microsoft, uh, McDonald's just didn't report, sorry. Microsoft beating. Um, United, Tra United Technologies, United Health, uh, Visa, Walmart. These companies are consistently beating their estimates and they're making money. So again, their corporate earnings are justifying a growth and justifying their, um, their share price and their valuations. Google, Facebook, Apple, the Fangs, the Netflixes, everything. Even with high valuations and high expectations, they're beating the street, they're beating the street estimates. The street estimate meaning the Wall Street analyst consensus are saying they're going to meet a dollar a share for the quarter. They're beating that number, top and bottom line. Top line would be revenue, bottom line will be profit. They're beating those numbers, so they're justifying that. So again, guys, this bull market is not based on fluff. It's based on actual strong fundamentals of beating their numbers. Number two is confidence. People are confident in this market. There's money coming in. There's people that are investing in the market that are more and more want to buy stocks. Now, again, you could have a little bit too much money in the stock market. Obviously, you don't want to be 100% in stocks, depending on your age and your risk tolerance. But here, here's the main factor. You're getting a lot of fund managers that are putting money into stock equity funds. So stocks are still the strongest gainers, other than crypto, I know, in the market, in the financial world, not bonds. So again, what you're getting is you're getting a lot of confidence from these fund managers that keep buying stocks and they keep bringing up the market. You see it every day, 220 points for the Dow, uh, 60 points S&P, 100 points for the NASDAQ. Technology keeps going up, confidence keeps coming up. How do you also verify confidence? Consumer confidence, University of Michigan, they do a consumer confidence report, I believe, every month, and it's been over 100. That's the number, kind of the line in the sand you want to say. 95 would be very strong. You had a 103, 108 readings. So again, the consumer, which is 70% of this economy in the United States, they're buying. <laughs> they're consuming. They're going on vacation. They're buying those automobiles. They're going out to eat. They're buying gifts and electronics. We've had retail sales reported for these are retail stores like Kohl's and Target and Walmart, and they've beaten, the, they've beaten their estimates. So again, consumer confidence has been very strong, and that's what's pushing this market up. Again, it's all about the per perception of everything. 
with a strong perception of the market, you're going to get a stronger market. It's going to continue. And the great thing about markets, again, it's based on humans. At the end of the day, it's based on confidence, based on actual mentality and what have you. But it also based on momentum. So again, the stronger things go, it builds momentum. Now again, vice versa. When there's panic, there's momentum to the downside. It snowballs down. You saw that in 2007. You saw that in 98, 99, 2000. Oh, 99, 2000. We saw that in 87 in the Black Monday crash in 1987. So again, you see these momentum goes both ways. So again, uh, that's number two, the, the confidence. Uh, number three here with this market. People, I kind of want to equate this to number two. People just feel richer because there's tax cuts now. Tax cuts, now let's go ahead and keep politics aside. Let's put it aside for a second. Lower taxes does not help every single person, obviously. More people pay taxes than others. But if you're a middle-class family that makes six figures, you're going to get a nice little tax cut. More likely, you're going to buy more stuff, you're going to more investing, you're going to go on vacation. That's a good thing. And we're relatively in peacetime anyways, kind of. Well, we're not in a declared war of any kind. That Well, we have Iraq and Afghanistan, fine. But for the most part, prosperity is in, is in play. So again, with the tax cuts, more Americans are going to have more money in their pockets. Due to the tax cuts, more companies are giving raises, minimum wage raises. This helps that boost that number two confidence that I was telling you, that number two sign. So again, those are coming. And then finally, number three, the reason why the markets are opening up and rising is that we're getting new people in the financial system, mostly millennials with more money. Now, you probably say, oh, broke millennials, broke millennials, right? We've heard of that. Well, again, the myth doesn't actually meet the facts. We've seen how the Bitcoin millionaires are coming in. A lot of the millennial investors are now going into cryptocurrency. There's money there. There's money coming in. Uh, more and more and more of them are buying stocks too. They're being interested in the financial markets. The thing is that that worries people is that do they know, do they have the memory or do they know the risks of it? Do they understand what happened in 08 and 1999, 2000, 07, 08? Do they remember those crashes? So that's kind of a double-edged sword because one side you have the supreme confidence of like, I know nothing about crashes, we're all in. The other second side is, I know nothing about crashes, we're all in. If something happens, we're screwed. The other side is we're supremely confident we're putting more money in. So again, that's kind of number three, the psychology. It kind of kind of puts a number two, but we'll count it as number three. So again, valuations, confidence, millennials money, more money coming in. That boosts the stock market. Guys, I don't see those three changing anytime soon. So again, you can call the top till today till tomorrow. That's fine. But again, the facts are facts. And so I start seeing one of those three pillars fall or two of those three pillars fall, I'm not ready to call top, and I'm ready to ride that wave. So again, yes, as uh, you know, an investor, hedge fund manager, I do see that stocks are going to continue to rise. I've given you my top, my top uh, stocks to buy for the year, uh, blue chip stocks. That was our first episode, or second episode, excuse me, of our podcast. Uh, I just want you to know the intricacies of how, why the markets are moving the way they are. Why is it going up? Again, those are the three pillars. We have, uh, we have earnings. Uh, the justification of their valuations. We have confidence, more money coming into the system due to millennials. That's the three pillars. So think of that when you talk a look at the markets. So let's go ahead and kind of recap of what happened during the week. Uh, as you know, I was kind of about six. So again, let's go ahead and go over it together. So Dow Jones gained about four, uh, excuse me, uh, 
2% for five in five days, which is actually pretty great. Um, the markets are just on fire. It's just what it is. In 21, in one year change, the Dow Jones is up 29%, and that's 52 weeks. Uh, that's pretty, pretty great. That's almost unprecedented. Uh, the stocks have surged to a record close. This is the best start for a stock market since 2003. Um, the S&P closed at 2786, Dow Jones 25803, and the Nasdaq 72661. We made our calls before on uh, what we think for 2018. I think they're going to be smashed. I think it's going to be smashed, honestly. Uh, our expectations. I mean, it could be the S&P might hit 3,000. Uh, it could be hitting 3,000 as soon as we think. 30,000 for Dow Jones is not un is not un unlikely. Uh, the Nasdaq hitting 8,000 is not unlikely. Uh, this these things could happen. So again, these are the things you want to watch for. Again, you want to have risk risk tolerance. You want to make sure you don't buy too much that you could chew. Make sure to pick a handful of stocks that you like. Uh, we do trade options, as you know. We use momentum plays. We use technicals and fundamentals. But again, we also go down too. We also short and we also long. So it's both sides. So again, when it comes to the market, guys, you just have to be very, very careful on what exactly you're looking for. Uh, I get it all the time. Uh, how much can I make? I mean, it really depends on you. How long is your patience? What's your tolerance? How much are you putting in? What stocks do you like? What's your time horizon? It's not as simple as what stocks to buy. You know, it's not that simple. You have to figure that. Out. You got to do your homework and figure out what's the best stocks for me to hold long term. And listen, if you have less than twenty-five thousand dollars in assets and you're a professional and you want to put it on autopilot and you don't have time, put in an S and P five hundred fund, low expense. You'll get dividends. Just put in the SPY or the Vanguard S and P five hundred index. You get dividends. It's relatively cheap in regards to expenses. And you're going to get the diversification you want. You know, they're going to have the Apples, they're going to have the Amazons, Microsofts, uh, the Berkshire Hathaway, Exxon Mobiles, you know, the big, big companies, the, the, the JP Morgan Chase, companies that are not going to go anywhere. So again, you keep it simple too. So when it comes to the, uh, the stock markets, guys, it's really that simple. Okay, so we want to talk about now uh, some of the headlines that we've had. Um, I guess the big thing I want to talk about this week will be the um, upcoming, uh, excuse me, the upcoming earnings. So let's go ahead and go over those things here. So we have Tuesday, we before the open, Tuesday morning, because Monday markets are closed. We're going to have Citigroup uh, uh, open up with their, with their uh, earnings. We're going to have United Healthcare Group. So again, we're just going to talk about the big dogs. Uh, Wells Fargo missed, I believe they missed on their... Uh, on their loans. So that's not a good thing. The lending is not doing very well for Wells. Uh, JP Morgan Chase beat, but their bond trading, which is fixed income, when you hear fixed income trading, that's when to the downside. The reason fixed income is down for the most part in the market is because of one, one main reason, lack of volatility. When you don't have volatility in fixed income, meaning bond trading, you're not going to get a lot of money, meaning spread. They're not going to make commissions. You're not going to get that money. So again, these big investment banks are not going to make that kind of trading revenue. So they got to have to make it up for it with loan, with loan uh, processing more loans, car loans, credit cards, blah, blah, blah. So again, we have to see more and more how these, how these trading desks are doing. I want to see if Citibank's trading, uh, trading income is better. I want to see if they get upgraded too. Uh, I do like Citibank for one reason. 
uh, here, and I do, I am bullish on Citibank because they have international exposure. They're probably the most international of all the banks, uh, not more than Bank of America, JP Morgan. So again, they have a lot more exposure to Asia and Europe, and which have done very well. So again, I do like Citi. United Healthcare Group, a Dow Jones component, like them, uh, taking off the shackles of the Obamacare and everything, more nice, less and less likely to be removed. Uh, that's a very bullish. Um, I do like United Healthcare Group as well. They should be able to beat other numbers. Tuesday after the close, we have CSX, Transports. Transports have been a great sector of 2017. Uh, I'd like to see their number first, obviously, but that's after the close. Um, if you see some good calls, we'll take a look at volume beforehand. We'll tell our, uh, our signal members first before we make a move. Wednesday, we got three big, four big banks. Uh, Bank of America, which is one of my favorite stock bank stocks. Goldman Sachs, one of my favorite brokerage houses. U.S. Bancorp, one of my favorite regionals. And Charles Schwab. Charles Schwab is okay. I'm not a huge uh, Charles Schwab fan when it comes to brokerage houses for trading. Um, Goldman Sachs, I believe last year, their last quarterly, they missed on trading. No, third quarter, they missed trading revenue. Fourth quarter, they beat. So again, it's been hit or miss. Um, I would not buy Goldman Sachs here. Uh, before the open on Wednesday, Bank of America, I probably would because I think they will beat. Uh, U.S. Bank Corp, I like regionals. If all the regionals, I would take U.S. Bank Corp and I'd be bullish on them. Uh, after close, Alcoa, I'm not going to buy any of those. Sally Bay, I'm not buying. Uh, Thursday before the open, Morgan Stanley. I do like Morgan Stanley more than Goldman Sachs. Take that as all you want. Um, what I buy beforehand, I want to see how Goldman Sachs' number looks before we get into Morgan Stanley. Uh, Thursday after the close is IBM. IBM has been on a very, very bad streak. Their streak has been losing revenue every single quarter for, I believe, 20 consecutive quarters, which is very, very bad. Um, I wouldn't short them. Last time I did, I didn't work out for us. So again, I would just wait. American Express, loving it. American Express long-term. That's been one of my favorite stocks. I'm buying them as well. Uh, even on a pullback, I'd probably buy. Schlumberger would be a good oil stock. like them to buy as well. SunTrust, good regional bank. Um, Synchrony Financial, which is more of a subprime bank card, store bank card. Not a huge fan of them. But again, out of the, out of the Fridays, I like Schlumberger. So again, guys, if you want to take a look at the earnings reports that are going to come out, take a look at our last Instagram uh, posting. It's from Earnings Whispers. Take a look at it. That's what shows is going to be starting for the week of the 15th. Um, those are some of the plays that we're looking at. Uh, you don't have to play them all. For the most part, um, our stock options group probably will play about three or four of them. Uh, we've done very well with earnings. And if you do want to join our earnings, I mean, excuse me, our earnings, our options group, be sure to do so, GRCapitalFX.com. And uh, we'll be more than happy to help you guys uh, directly and uh, make some money together. So again, that's basically mostly the news of the market. I really wanted to go over exactly why the markets are going up. Uh, a lot of people ask me that all the time. Why does it go up? Why is it going up? Why is it going up? Uh, will it ever end? Will it ever end? Well, of course, everything ends. But are you willing to call the top? I don't think... We want to do that yet. We want to ride this wave until there's no more wave to ride. Am I right? So again, for the most part, guys, you really, really want to be shrewd. But again, don't throw away a great opportunity. 
because bull markets like this don't come over very often. This is an actually unprecedented bull market. This is a stronger bull market than 99. This is a stronger bull market than 07. I mean, 04, 03, I mean, 03, 04, 05, 06. So again, take advantage of the opportunity. I would definitely still be buying stocks here. Pick and choose the right ones. And if you need assistance, of course, choose our options group. And we'll be more than happy to help, guys. Well, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this podcast. Just a quick note. Uh, no morning or afternoon notes all next week. I'll be traveling out of town. I'm going to Nicaragua tomorrow on business. So I'll be out until next week. So good thing I actually feel better for this trip. But uh, no morning or afternoon notes. I will keep you guys updated on Instagram as I go, as you know. And, of course, anything you need, you can feel free to email me, gaircapital.gmail.com. Or you can always catch us on any one of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat, at G-A-R Capital. Remember, this podcast is available on Anchor, uh, anchor.com. Make sure to download the app, Anchor. Um, this is on iTunes and the Google Play. Is it Google Play? That's what it's called. And remember that this podcast is sponsored by GAR Capital Direct. GAR Capital Direct. Uh, GAR Capital Direct is proud and committed to offering a variety of products that are the highest quality, the largest variety of styles and types, lowest prices, and the best customer service. As you know, I wouldn't put our name on anything that we don't believe in or 100% back. Um, more stuff coming in on GAR Capital Direct. Everyone loves the shirts. Got some great feedback. And uh, we're actually going to bring up a YouTube channel pretty quickly. Pretty fun stuff as we keep expanding uh, the business. And I uh, just want to give a special, special shout out to all of our subscribers and listeners and, uh, and followers. Thank you so much for the well wishes. I very much appreciate it. Back to 100%. Back to work. Love it. And I appreciate you guys as well. Uh, we'll go ahead and talk soon. My name is Carlos Garcia. I'm the founder and CEO of GAR Capital. I hope you enjoyed this podcast talking about the markets. We'll go ahead and talk to you next week. Next week's episode of the podcast will be trader mentality. Trader mentality. Very, very important. I've been getting this request a lot. Trader mentality and how to be successful. So I will give you my two cents and advice. And hopefully you'll learn a little bit. So we'll go ahead and talk soon, guys. Have a great, great week. Let's make it a profitable one. I'll talk to you guys soon. See you guys later. This is the GAR Capital official podcast on Anchor with your host, Carlos Garcia, the CEO and founder. Thanks again, guys. We'll catch you later.